so many of us, it starts with my own personal journey and personal story. And I, I've been an entrepreneur for well over 10 years, but the first half of that journey was really spent. Now looking back, I can see that I was getting really restless because I wasn't really pushing myself. I wasn't doing things that were out of my comfort zone, things that forced me to grow. If you continue to choose your comfort zone, there will come a point where that resistance inside won't shut up. Welcome back to the Energized with Dr. Marisa podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones, optimize your metabolic health, and feel energized in your body so that you can age powerfully and wake up feeling amazing in your body for many years to come. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. 98% of women wake up in the morning and let the world decide their worth. More often than not, we struggle with our worth and let others dictate how we should feel about ourselves. And when we let the world define our worth, we end up second-guessing ourselves and even going so far as to sabotage ourselves and not getting what we deserve. Whether that's related to our health, our career, or even our family, many of us find ourselves settling for less than what we deserve. So I invited Lindsay Schwartz, the founder of the Powerhouse Women, to come on and ask each of us two very important questions. Number one, where are you letting fear stop you from sharing your gifts in a bigger way? And number two, where are you hiding in plain sight, waiting for someone else to validate you? Now, Lindsay is an author, investor, master community builder, and the founder of Powerhouse Women. Fiercely committed to supporting other women, Lindsay invests her time in mentoring women and girls of all ages, from high-achieving entrepreneurs to high school students. After seeing numerous women in her life stop short of pursuing their own entrepreneurial dreams because of fear and self-doubt, she saw the need for a more honest conversation about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship in order to show women that they don't have to do it all together or that they can do it together to get started. From their powerhouse women community, annual events, and the podcast was born with the motto that we are not meant to do business or life alone. Let's welcome Lindsay to the show. Welcome to the Energized Podcast, Lindsay, honey. Okay, I just want to tell everyone that the second I saw you on Instagram, I fell madly in love with your energy, your presence, your just the way that you show up for women is just so profound. And then when you sauntered into that room at Gabrielle Lyons Forever Strong Summit, I was like, oh my God, she's here. She's here. You know, like you don't know who you're going to expect to see. And you're always just like, I want to be surprised and delighted. And you were my surprise and delight in so many ways. And I was like, okay, like, how am I going to go up and say something? I think it just like blundered my way through that conversation. <laughs> but you just ooze that, the, that kind of energy and the joy and really just embodying your authenticity. And I can tell that you are so heart-driven and that you are here to serve. Like that is so clear to me. And I'm just so happy to have you on the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for the invite. It's just going to be so much fun. Well, I would love for you to just start and share a little bit of your story. Kind of what was that impetus? What was that defining moment for you, Lindsay, where you knew you're like, you know what? I am here to serve women. I'm here to help women step into their entrepreneurial power. I'm really helping them usher into that transformation, whatever that transformation may be. Mm, I think it 
like so many of us, it starts with my own personal journey and personal story. And I, I've been an entrepreneur for well over 10 years, but the first half of that journey was really spent. Now looking back, I can see that I was getting really restless because I wasn't really pushing myself. I wasn't doing things that were out of my comfort zone, things that forced me to grow. And I think when we know that we're here in this world and we're meant for more, however that looks. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. If you continue to choose your comfort zone, there will come a point where that resistance inside won't shut up. And that's the point that I found myself at. And I didn't know at the time why I was feeling so restless, but it led me down this path of of looking at where I kept choosing my own comfort and safety over this impact that I knew I was meant to make. And the thing that scared me more than anything else was writing a book and you've done it. So, you know, it's just such a, such an emotional process. It's such a a spiritual process really. And I never planned to do anything more with the book. It was kind of a hybrid self-published experience. And I just said yes to it. I said yes to joining this program that kind of helped you write a book to challenge myself. And what I learned through that process was I, I got to bump up against all the places where I would normally in the past choose comfort and choose to play small and let my excuses and my fear be louder than the possibility on the other side. And when that book was published, it came out, I was actually most afraid of people actually reading it. You know, I wasn't afraid that no one would buy it. I was afraid that they would and that they would read it. But it started this whole bigger conversation that I didn't realize other people were craving, which came down to this simple idea that, you know, there's so many of us who feel very clearly that we are meant for more, that there is just a bigger possibility for us and for our lives. And the story that I heard over and over from the women in my life at that time was they would in one breath share with me their big dream or just that feeling that they were meant for more. And in the next breath, they would tell me why they weren't ready or they didn't know enough or they experienced a lot of fear. And every time I was like, hold the phone, did no one tell you? That's what we all feel. Anyone you look up to right now, they're still actively dealing with all of those feelings. And it just became this mission to share more of the ups and the downs behind the scenes because I realized we were doing so many people a disservice in this age when I was having this conversation where it was just mainly sharing the highlight reel. I think we're actually doing a better job now of sharing the real behind the scenes glimpses of what it takes to run a business grow your family at the same time to really step out of your comfort zone. It is not easy. It is not cute all the time. But I think the more that we talk openly about the good and the bad and the challenging, the more we give other people permission to step into this journey with us. And that accidentally inspired this event and this movement that now seven years later reaches people around the globe. And, you know, we sell out our annual event with hundreds of women every single year. And it was never, that was never part of the plan. It just started from my desire to have more of those real authentic conversations. I want to dive a little deeper into kind of that comfort zone and what that resistance felt like for you. And was that that first leap, was it the book? Or was there anything else? I was just curious, kind of, because I know so many women are like, oh, like, what does that feel like? What am I bumping up? You know, how does it feel to be bumping up against that? And, and you know, what does it look like to take that that first step? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the first time that I actually stepped way outside my comfort zone was saying yes to writing a book. And here's what I, I know to be true about so many others, but I'll call myself out on this. Up until that point, I could give 60 to 70% of my full potential and I could still produce results, which was kind of a tricky place to be in because I got acknowledgement, I got recognition, I made great money, I had this success on the outside, but deep down I was... It's not that I wasn't happy with it or wasn't grateful for it, but what was missing is I wasn't experiencing growth. And I realized how much that is one of my core values. So it took leaning into something that I actually didn't believe I could do. It took doing something and saying yes to something that had all of my fears come to the surface so that I could I could learn how to overcome them. And before I was choosing the very calculated fears, the very calculated risks. So I wouldn't go into something unless I knew and I kind of worked it out in my mind, like this is probably going to go well. I never risked failure. I never risked looking stupid or not having something turn out the way I wanted. And the result was just a really small life compared to what I knew I was capable of. And what's tricky is most people around me wouldn't have said my life was small. And that's, I think, so often where we can also get tripped up is when other people are like, well, shouldn't you just be happy? Like you already have a business. Why are you going to go and do this other thing? It doesn't matter what anyone else on the outside thinks. If you know that you're being pulled to do something new, to lean into a new challenge, to say yes to something uncomfortable, that is between you and your, your creator, wherever you believe those divine downloads come from. And there were plenty of people who thought it was just crazy that I was pursuing something different because what I already had was great. But I knew that I was settling for good. I wasn't actually going after what I was fully capable of, which is that next expansion of me. And once you stepped into that next expansion, like how did that feel? Terrifying. (laughs) Was this specifically the book project? Because I was curious, you know, I... Oh gosh, books. It's it's a pro- it's all a process. I'm curious what whereas I know there's so many women listening who have a book in them right now. Um who who've wanted to write a book, who wanted to to really put their genius on paper, you know? And um I was curious, you know, kind of what was that process for you? And and, and, and I'm so so grateful to hear that you had some support. I'm so honest with people. Nine almost nine, eight books later, I'm not a book writer. I'm just going to tell you all right now, if you didn't know, I've had editors, I've I've had a team of people around me um, to make these books possible. I'm a researcher. I vomit words on paper. Like I'm not a prolific writer at all, like at all. And I'm cool with that. Like I know my strengths. Like it's one thing my my husband and my team know, I'm like, I'm so clear on what I do best, you know? And, And I'm a big fan of getting people who do what they do best in collaborating, like who not how. So that's a big, big, big proponent. So I was curious. I'm one, so proud to you're like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to get some help to do it. Like, I'm going to make sure I'm going to get this done. But what what came up for you in that process? Well, and the process that I went through was really, it was a 12 or 16 week program. I don't even remember it anymore. And it, it gave us the education, the training, the mentorship, and the community, to be in community with other people who were first-time authors. But I physically wrote every single word on that page. I don't think for my second book I would. I think I would work, you know, work with a team to help bring that project to life. But it was the journey that my soul needed because I had a big story of that I wasn't a writer, that I had a lot of fear about what people would think. Not even if I failed, I, I had a lot more, a lot more fear around what if I succeed or a lot of like that tall poppy syndrome where, you know, I come from a very small town and I was always the most ambitious one. And what are people going to think? Like, who does she think she is writing a book? A lot of those fears that now sound silly to me, but at that time they were very, they were very real and they were gripping. And so I think when we commit to something really big like that, it feels exciting at first. And I remember kind of, kind of showing up to that first call, like, what am I doing? Like, I guess I'm writing a book, but it didn't feel real yet. And then a few weeks in, as we started to actually do some of the writing and I started to notice these fears show up. And this is what I talk about, you know, if we're going to actually evolve, if we're going to step into this next version of ourselves, you have to choose something that's so big, it's going to force you to meet yourself in the place where old you would quit. 
And I met myself in that place so many times where I would just like wake up in the middle of the night. I felt like I had this elephant sitting on my chest, just like in panic, realizing like, oh my God, people are going to read this and maybe they'll judge me. Maybe they'll criticize, you know, whatever story was going on at the time. But I realized that like in those moments, there was this little voice and I, I gave it a name because it just helped me to relay this to so many others. And I know I'm not the only one who deals with this. I came to lovingly refer to it as my cute quit. And my cute quit sounded like, you have so much on your plate right now. You know, you have this whole other business. This book thing is just really a distraction. Like, do you really need to be doing this right now? Maybe in another season, maybe you should grow your audience more. Maybe when you have more time, your bandwidth is really tapped. You should give yourself more grace. And in the moment, that was a very logically sounding reason to not continue. And I remember one day showing up to my Zoom call with my group and I was showing up to at least tell them in person, I was going to be a grown up about it, but I was going to tell them this isn't the time I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bow out. And that day we had to show up on this call. We had to read like a thousand words that we had written. We had come to the call prepared. And that in itself was terrifying to someone who has, you know, deep perfectionist. And I remember being like, well, okay, I paid for this. I'm going to show up and do it. And I read whatever I wrote that day, whatever excerpt. And someone on the call said, I, that was exactly what I needed to hear today. Because of you, I'm going to keep writing. And I remember being like, saying all the curse words in my mind, because I knew in that moment that I couldn't quit. And I was so pissed about it. I was just mad. Because what I started to realize is I was just bumping up against the furthest outside my comfort zone I had ever gone. I'd never, I'd never been this version of myself. So it started to trigger these very real feelings in my brain that like I was unsafe. And I think the more I've realized about how fear works and how our minds kind of work against us sometimes that yes, it feels exciting. That's why we feel really encouraged at the beginning of any new journey, a health journey, a, a business journey. But your growth doesn't actually start until you get to the point where you want to quit. Because in that moment, you get to meet the, the old version of yourself and the potential new version of yourself and you get to choose. And for my entire adult life, I think I was 33 when I wrote my book, I had chose to stay the same version. And no wonder I was just feeling unfulfilled at like a deep soul level. No amount of outward achievement could fill that void. And so every time I wanted to quit from that point forward, I just went back to that, that knowing, okay, you already know what it feels like to give up on this. You've gone down that path. I had podcast equipment that collected dust for five years before I ever started a podcast. I had all these big dreams. I had this failed blog, all these excuses and reasons why I shouldn't be doing this. And then in that moment, I would, I would just kind of weigh the choices. Okay. I know what that feels like to quit and to not pursue this add it to the pile of all these big dreams that I've thought of and I've started, but I've never seen seen to the end. But what's over here? What if I choose the unknown and it, just see what happens? And every time I chose my future potential self, I grew in that moment and I gained a little bit of confidence. So the book writing process for me was a lot of that. It was like yo-yoing back and forth between, I just kind of crossed another threshold and now I met a new fear and I really want to quit. And I really think it sounds very justified. Like I made it sound cute in my mind so I could justify quitting. But then in that moment, I'd be like, oh, now I hear it again. I hear this cute quit and now I know what's happening and I can't give in to that. And it, it really was a life-changing experience in that I had actually never given my word to something that big, that outside my comfort zone and actually completed it. So the person, the version of me that finished writing the book was a completely transformed person because I stuck to my commitment. And that's, I think, so overlooked that the power that lies in keeping our word to ourself, the person you become when you know, you, you literally start to know yourself as someone you can trust. And that that's ultimately what set me on the path to do the things I'm doing now. But it was in those moments when I was really at war with myself, my old self, and I was at this crossroads and I kept choosing to step into a version of myself I'd never been and just see what happened. And that's so powerful. And I just love the meeting that self who would quit or you had known. You're like, she, I know her, you know, and <laughs> I keep running up against her. In, in this process, outside of just of showing up, despite, because there's something to be said about showing up to those calls 
I don't know if they're a weekly or biweekly or sitting down at the computer and chunking out that three hours at a time, whatever that looked like for you in the process to get the book done. Were there other tools, Lindsay, that you used to help you keep into your, like to to operate from your, what I call your future vision self? Uh, I was just curious. You know, I, I, re- I launched a program in January actually called Your Future Epic Health, and it was an epic failure because <laughs> it was so different than what I've ever done before. You know, it's always a hormone cl- or a hormone pro- product or helping to thrive in these transitions. But for me, anytime I've ever stepped into something big, whether it's a health journey or a business journey, career journey, a new book deal, you know, manifesting my home on the beach, it was embodying the future version of myself. And that's always been the first step is, is, you know, I think everything's created twice first in your mind and then, and then you get to work and you do the damn thing. And so I, I thought this would really resonate. This is that first step and I created the whole program and it just might, my, my, you know, whether the marketing wasn't correct or whatever we did, we didn't rock it and it, it bombed, which girl, I love failing forward. I ain't gonna lie. So it was all good. But it was a it was a lot of the process that I did to get myself ready. I'm working on a book proposal right now, and I'm embodying the version of myself who's got the book deal, you know, who's got the the ninth book deal. And so, you know, what does that look like? And I have all these tools that I pull from during days where I'm just like, well, maybe maybe I don't need this. I already got eight books. I really need a ninth book, you know. You know, so like whatever whatever languaging is in there. And so, um, I'd love to know if you have any tools to help you embody your future because it's scary to step into that future person. And it's a little woo-woo and it's a little crunchy too. And so I'm curious, and what has been your process in that? Yeah, it's it's changed so much um, over time, but I, for whatever reason, this is, this is one element that's coming to my mind. I do a lot of the same practices that it sounds like you do a lot of visualization, a lot of getting clear of what, what are those emotions? What is the the state of being that I would be in and how can I actually tap into that now? Because we always can. Emotions and states of being can be created from thin air, just from our thoughts, our actions. But something that has really helped me, it's actually become its become kind of like the signature of the Powerhouse Women community is we have this, this hashtag, style your higher self. And there was this moment in the process, I was actually about to finish the final edits on the first manuscript. And I was... I was talking with a friend one day and she said, you know, I, I'm really curious about the, the impact of style and fashion on helping us tap into those energies. And she's a performer. She's a recording artist, brilliant recording artist. And she said, you know, especially as a performer, I see this, I see this in people like Rihanna and, you know, these, these people who it's not just what they're wearing, it's actually what are they embodying, but the clothes kind of help to bring that out. And this conversation led to, you know, some really deep work with all different people. I've worked with all different stylists, all different mentors, but I I realized that I had grown so much, but what was happening was the outside didn't match the inside. And it wasn't just like, did I feel fashionable? Did I feel this? It was, there was this energy that I knew my future self embodied. And I wasn't tapping into that with the current way I was presenting myself to the world because this this new me that was unlocking was more bold, was more willing to be seen. And a lot of how I presented myself up until that point was not meant to be seen. In fact, I I used to have this label that I gave myself and I, I've got a, I'm the older sister of uh, three siblings. My youngest sibling, my sister is just one of the coolest, most fashionable. She, she and I couldn't be more different. And I used to call myself the vanilla sister. And not even realizing that that was like a chosen identity that then I would live into. And I meant it kind of in jest to say, oh, you know, she's the one who's really willing to take risks and she's got tattoos and every cool color hair. And I didn't see myself, I really looked up to that, but I didn't see myself wanting to express in that same way. But what I really loved about her energy is that she just did not care what anyone else thought. And so I was actually admiring something about her that I didn't give myself permission to tap into. So I started to really play with that as like simple as wearing the thing that I'll notice another woman wearing. And for whatever reason, the energy of it just grabs my attention. And then I hear this thought in my own mind, well, I could never. And I started to challenge those thoughts, challenge the things that I said I couldn't wear or couldn't do with my style. And eventually, you know, now I actually use style and the way I dress myself, the way I present myself, hair, makeup, the whole thing, not 
thinking that it ends there. But the way that I present myself does actually help me tap into a very real energy of the person I'm becoming. And I'm constantly going through these style evolutions now because of how powerful it's been as part of my transformation in the past. I want to be really clear that it actually has nothing to do with the clothes. It has nothing to do with the hairstyle. It is everything about getting clear first about the energy I want to embody and then noticing when in my outer exterior world, I notice that energy in a piece of clothing, in a photo of just, you know, something that I could emulate style-wise, and then realizing that I can create that within myself and that style and fashion and beauty can actually be a really powerful access to it. I am so grateful you said that. I mean, I, your style is just so amazing and sexy. And you can tell that is the energy that I loved so much about you was this really graceful, I don't care what people think energy. And I just, I just love that energy. I just love it. I put this dress on for you today, girl. Girl, I don't wear a dress. You know, I used to dress up all the time. I mean, honestly, no one ever saw me out of heels um, forever. Even my, my husband, and it was a moment, I'm five foot two, but I was always five, five everywhere I went. When I became a mama, and Viore is basically my clothing of choice today, but I knew I had this interview with you, and I was like, I am going to show up in this dress, and I'll put some earrings on, I'll do the whole thing, and because I just wanted to, you just really inspired me, um, but, but that really, sh- I mean, that really shows out, and I know you use a lot of style in your branding, especially when you're creating new branding, and so, um, but I do really appreciate you going into the depth of, I've only known you in your style. I never saw vanilla Lindsay. I never saw it, you know? (laughs) And that's, that's the part that I want people to really take away from this is I just chuckle to myself now whenever, and I, and I, I love it. I love when people say that the style piece is now kind of synonymous with, with what they know me as, because what I want people to hear is that was a totally created context of myself. I actually just decided I'm going to learn how to be and feel stylish, not for anybody else, but to really connect with that part of me that loves style and loves fashion. So that might not resonate with you so much as something you want to embody, but there was a moment in time where I decided I'm just not going to be the vanilla sister anymore. I'm going to learn how to be this version that I actually deeply desire to be. So It's just a reminder to me in my life right now, where am I settling for labels that I've given myself that are just outdated? That's just actually not who I want to be. And what do I want to reinvent in its its absence? Yeah, the story you tell yourself right? And you get to tell a different story. I this, I love that story so much. I never would have guessed that that was the story. It's so powerful and profound. And it really is the perfect example of embodying who you want to become. And um, it doesn't have to be overnight. And I'd love to know, you know, in that, in that journey, because I believe it's probably been a journey for you, you know, how did it feel like it started? Like, obviously, you realized you're like, I don't have to be the vanilla sister anymore. I get to be, I get to be this this beautiful, unapologetic, just owning my you know myself and looking good and doing all the things. And not that you didn't look good doing whatever you were doing then either. But I want to. So, what was the process of that? Was it identifying clothes on the street? Was it looking through magazines? Um, was it just a couple pieces at a time, just so that women kind of get a sense of you know what does that journey look like to make that whatever that embodiment is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this question. And at the time, this friend that I mentioned, I was in a conversation with actually had, she was developing a program around it. And I always hesitate to go too deep into that because it's it's not the same now. It doesn't actually exist in this current form. But what I want to, I'll speak to is the process that she helped me walk through that you can either do it yourself, or I actually got a lot of, it accelerated my process to work with someone who really had aspirational style. And I'll share a little bit of what that looked like. But the first thing that we did simply was kind of to identify the energy. If we gave it a word, what would it be? Now, if you can imagine Vanilla Sister Lindsay, you guys, if you're not seeing me right now, and I'm I'm in my cozies today, so I'm not like my, you know, my totally done up self, but I have like a very blunt, short, blonde bob. My style, I would say right now in this season, I, I love, it's like more edgy. It's just kind of like bold, feminine, but powerful. And back then I had like a lot of the same top 
in like every color you could buy it in, but just pretty like don't really deviate. Like once in a while, I would go a little crazy, you know, with maybe like a, a neckline that I didn't normally wear, but my hair was long and dark, like completely different, even just like physical transformation. And a lot of it was this way of hiding, this way of kind of blending in. And what we started to do is we identified these words. And for me, I would just talk to her about what I wanted to transform. I wanted to be more comfortable being seen and I wanted to be a little bit more bold. And so we just found these like anchor words that really embodied how I wanted to feel about myself. And then we would find photos that just carried that same energy. And everyone kind of responds to to different things I feel like we we use our five senses all differently. I have a really strong gut response. So it's like, if I got that gut feeling and I was kind of being pulled toward like a photo, I just didn't question it or didn't start to pick apart like, well, I could never wear that or I don't do that. We just kind of compiled this first in words and energy and then in visuals to really encapsulate like, well, who is this version? Then, I mean, if you really want to know like the depth of this process, I worked with a stylist and, and I let her come in my closet and get rid of anything that was not that. And I, I think people kind of cringe at the thought of like, I'm, I'm going to share with you like what it looked like for me, but you could do this in any, in any way you could kind of look now having this picture of who you want to be. You could put that up in front of you and go through your closet. This is actually still what I do. And I'll hold up a piece of clothing or sometimes I'll actually put it on and I will, I'll just feel like, how, how does the energy feel when I'm wearing this? And I'm really quick to get rid of things that I'm like, okay, that was a beautiful energy of a past season, but it's not actually the energy I'm embodying now. So got rid of a lot, went and kind of replaced. And we did some great, very budget-friendly shopping. This doesn't have to be, you know, a really expensive process. And then I did allow, so as part of this program, I allowed someone to completely change my hair without, I didn't really get a So it depends on like how deeply you want to go into this process. But I think it it really was this understanding that all of it is, like I said, a created context. It's all a, a creation of, of what, what we want to be and who we want to be. And there are certain things. At that point in my journey, I had been that version of Lindsay for so long. I really needed a pretty dramatic transformation. So like complete hair, color change, it was it was a very pretty dramatic change for me at that time. But now in my journey, I don't need to do something completely drastic with my hair. I'm just making these micro evolutions as I go along. But I do think the times when I've worked with and on and off, I'll work with people who are in the style industry to just pick things out for me that I wouldn't normally wear myself because I have a very playful energy with the fashion piece of it. And like, even if you want to start at this at this level of notice something throughout the next week that you see someone else wearing and it's just that energy match and it just pulls you in for whatever reason. Mine back then was I just really had this story that I couldn't wear like a bold lipstick. I just thought I looked like a child playing dress up. And so I just started to lean into those things that I I would tell myself, okay, I love this on other people, but I feel like I can't pull that off. And I just started to play with challenging that. And so I found, you know, like a red lipstick shade that complimented my skin. And and I just started like really leaning into wearing that just to the grocery store, just to places where, you know, it's not like that significant and just be okay with like feeling a little bit, like I would feel like everyone was staring at me. They weren't, but it was just that discomfort with being more visible, doing something with my hair, my style that was more bold. And it, it started to just transform and show me how I was cutting myself off from the ability to feel these energies by writing it off before I ever even tried it. So that's a lot of times what I'll tell people to do. It's like, if it's, you see someone wearing a leather jacket and you're like, oh, I could never go, you know, find a inexpensive, you know, faux leather jacket, just like use it as an experiment to see who is that version of you. Like start to try things that maybe you're not allowing yourself to try. And you just might find your new, your new energy lies on the other side of the things that you think right now you can't pull off. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. I so appreciate you walking through the process. It, during times, especially when I'm speaking and doing a lot of events, I use Rent, rent the Runway. 
And I just love because yeah. And there's a lot of you know I I love the reviews and the girls who try it. And I have a you know you ha- you'll have a good sense of kind of what fits you. And but you can get a little bit more you know risky and playful. And you, you're just renting this for a month and and wear it out. I was gonna wear red lipstick to this, but I wanted to make sure I was on time. And it was downstairs, <laughs> so I was like, I'm just gonna let it go. But I was, but they were. It's so and it's so funny because I think some women. Like myself, I was wearing dark lips. I was always dressed. I was always in, in in outfits. And then, you know, you enter into this new era where all that shifts. And all of a sudden, if the, the lipstick felt uncomfortable to me again. I'm like, oh, gloss is fine. I can do just gloss. And so I've become more of a gloss girl where I used to wear bold lipstick all the time. And so just ref- even refining yourself or re-embodying that, you know, hopefully a newer version of you, I think is so. I'm curious you know, for for your events for the big annual event I know you have multiple events I want to kind of segue into kind of the the inspiration around creating you know a live event but do you find that women show up in their best you know do they they dress up for the event is there an energy there for that I haven't been to one yet so I don't know I was gonna say this is and I say this with so much love my favorite thing is to see someone year one and how they dress versus when they come back year two. Because as much as we say, and people will hear me talk on my podcast about like, this is the, if there was ever a room that you've got that outfit that you've been wanting to wear, waiting for an opportunity to wear, you think you couldn't wear it anywhere else. This is the room where you can wear it. And I set the tone because I will absolutely be wearing the most extra, like very fashionable, very, just like whatever I want to embody that year, I'm going for it. And so you can too. And so it's my favorite to see, you know, maybe year one, it's like, oh, this is a business event. Maybe I'll go with like a blazer and some cute ears. And then then the next year they're wearing like this fabulous, like full head to toe sequin moment. And I just think it's become such a, really a, a trademark of our community because at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of different things in life. We're all kind of waiting for someone else to go first and be that permission. And I know that that was me for so long. Even still to this day, when I go to events, I'm like, ooh, what are other people going to be wearing? And sometimes I'll dress, you know, according to that. Or if I don't really know an event, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll kind of try to fit the energy of it. But then there's others where I'm like, what do I actually want to wear? Who do I want to be today? Who do I want to bring to that room? And and what's the, you know, the style that can help me pull that energy out of myself? So yeah, the fashion, this is definitely a room where you can wear whatever feels like your highest self. And that could be sweatpants, like quite literally could be sweatpants. It could be a ball gown, but we want people to bring their most authentic, most self-expressed self to this room. Mm, I love that. Well, I want to talk about the event in in creating live events, because I'm sure that was another big step after the book, you know, just deciding like, this is where we need to, this is where I need to go. This is how I'm really going to show up and serve at my highest level. And I know that it's been such an incredible success and I'm, you know, I'm sure it feels so good, but what did that process look like? How did you know it was time to move into live events? The first event was really meant to just be a celebration of the book launching. And I didn't ever have plans to expand it beyond that. It was just a little four hour afternoon, you know, on a Sunday. And when it finished, there were so many women who said, okay, well, what's next? And I remember thinking to myself, what do you mean? What's next? Like I bear, I hadn't even, I was, I was like, I haven't even thought in this far yet. But there was something in me that unlocked that day. It was because I self-published the book. I, you know, was really the marketing behind it. I, I was all of it. And my book publisher said, you know, an event, a lot of people will do an event to celebrate a book launch. And immediately when I started to think about that, I knew that I didn't want to just do an event that was kind of all about me. That didn't feel very fun. And also I was just really sure no one would come to that event. And then I I just started to think about the kind of conversations that I that really inspired the book itself. And Having been to other personal development events, and I, I really love the the energy that that an event creates and the transformations it can create. So I, I just started to expand the vision a little bit. Well, maybe we could have speakers. Maybe, you know, it could it could just be this 
this moment to have these really authentic conversations in a room. And so that first event was in 2017. It's wild to think about that. And we're going into year seven now because I did eventually say, okay, well, I guess I'll do another event next year. So it became this annual opportunity for women to come together and really celebrate their own growth and who they had become over the previous year. But also we almost kind of treat it like our New Year's Eve and we start to cast the vision for who we want to become and this version of ourselves we want to step into in the coming year. And all really grounded in community and connection to support you in that journey. Because for a lot of us, we aren't necessarily right now surrounded by only people who fully celebrate that expansion. A lot of us have at least a few people in our life very close to us who probably just don't really get your big vision or, you know, they think you're kind of the weird one at Thanksgiving or, you know, they they just don't have the capacity to think as big as you're thinking. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They can support us in other ways. But if you know that you're really meant for something big, in this world, whether it's a business or not, you know you're hungry to grow and expand in your career, your health, your relationships, your life. It is vital that you find people who are on that same expansion journey. If not, I think subconsciously we all would end up limiting ourselves if we're not surrounded by other people who really can expand that vision for us. So that's really kind of what the event has become, this annual place to come together, celebrate that journey, but also push each other to keep growing. I love it. And then when does it take place? I know the big annual, because you have multiple events, but this is the big one. We do. So the, the annual event is typically August or September in 2024. It's August 10th. And then we do a kickoff party on Friday night, August 9th, which is so much fun. I always tell people, especially if you're coming for the first time, do the full VIP experience. You want like the full, full experience. And so I can't wait for that. This is going to be our biggest event ever. And then because my heart just really, my heart beats for connection, for in-person connection specifically. So we're we're now experimenting with some smaller, more intimate retreats for women who are just at a, a higher level of business where the kind of support you require just quite honestly is, is different at that level. And we're doing some cool stuff with our podcast, um, doing live little pop-up podcast events, which is also just just an opportunity to bring people together and realize that they're not alone on this wild journey of growth and entrepreneurship and just being a woman who's up to big things in the world. So yeah, I mean, if people are connected on our Instagram, we, we usually share everything there. Perfect. Oh my gosh, Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing oh, all the yummy things that you've shared today. I know you have, a, you obviously you have a podcast, like you dusted all that equipment off and, and got it. And finally dusted it off. <laughs> and so um, share us with us the podcast and where else would you, I know, in, I mean, go to Instagram just to see her sexy looks. I mean, oh my goodness, it's so amazing. It's such, a, it's so, it's so incredible. And to be inspired, I mean, I, I love reading your content. I love your message. I love the message that you brought here. I feel very inspired. I've been, I'm in the process of getting ready for a TED talk, but I've been working on my proposal. Um, yeah. And so they're, then they're, they're meant to come to, together, but I've been dragging my feet a little bit on the TED talk mainly because I'm like, oh, we just get this proposal done first, like the, the one thing. But, you know, I, I know that there's something there. There's a resistance. Like I've been, I've even spoken to 40,000 people in a stadium and yet there's something about the, the TED talk that I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Is this, is it, is this the sub, is this the thing? And so listening to you today, I just, it just feeling so inspired to get back into because it, it is, it's a, it's a step-by-step process. And I, I'm a quarter of a way into it. So, and then I've been like, well, you know, it's the holidays and, oh, you know, I'm working on the book, book proposal and, you know, and just all the things I can just, you know, we just talk ourselves out of. I'm like, that's exactly what my cute quit sounds like. I'm like, how weird. I do warn people. I'm not the friend to tell your like next big leap, big goal, unless you want to be held accountable. So it's recorded now. It is. I, and I, and I'm such a fan of accountability. I'm so grateful I shared, but I was, as I was listening to you share that, I was like, oh, right, the TED Talk, right, at the TED Talk. And just like, get your butt back at it because I am so excited about it, you know, and, you know, there's, again, there's some, there's some crunchiness and it's so funny because like you said, you know, no matter where you are at your level, there's always that thing, that next thing that feels so uncomfortable that you're going to find you're trying to try to talk yourself out of or trying to talk yourself to stall. And I'm not a natural procrastinator, but this is where I'm dragging myself. 
myself here. And um, because there's so many things that I have just done so, I wouldn't call it haphazard, but definitely messy. Like, I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. And then there's these things where I get really caught up in the perfectionism of it, which is so weird to kind of ride the spectrum because I feel like I have so much evidence to say that that's not, that I, I am an, I am an executor. I am just like, I don't care. Let's just find out what happens on the back end. But yeah, I feel a lot like more of a high stakes game with the TED Talk than a lot of other things. Mm, And it is higher stakes. It's so beautiful, I think, for you to share that and even for everybody listening to get to hear that at the level you're playing, which you've had so much incredible impact and success, there's, there's another level for you to unlock. And it, there was a version of me, a past version of me that actually believed it got easier as you keep growing. But like you said, the stakes get higher. So it it actually gets even more intense. The resistance gets stronger with every new level, but you also get better and you start to trust yourself more to take these bigger risks. And that's the journey that we're all on. It's I'm 10 plus years in, it has not gotten any easier. In fact, I'm more uncomfortable today than I've ever been before. But I also trust myself because I've, I've stacked the evidence that I can put my word to something that scares the bleep out of me. And I can follow through with that no matter what happens. And that's ultimately, I think the feeling that we're all after is knowing yourself as someone you can count on. That was really powerful. And just now and and then is, yeah, one of the things as a mom, when I stepped into one of the questions I asked myself when I became a mother was who I need to become to become this this little light beans mom. And man, what an insane transformation to become her. Um, Cause it was really nothing I could take from my childhood into motherhood. And I'm just so proud of the version I've become and so excited for the evolved version of that. And one of the things I promised myself was that my word was golden to my son, that if I said something that I was going to do, I was going to do it. Like I always wanted him to feel so safe in that if mama says, what she says she's going to do, like, I know she's going to follow through. But I, you know, and, and I've done a lot of that for myself too, for the most part, but there are moments where I, my word has not been golden to me. And so when you said that today, it really landed for me because it is a standard, like the foundation of my standard, at least even for my child, is that what I say, my word is golden, but that that hasn't been true for me consistently over the last couple of years, whether it was health challenges or mamahood challenges or whatever it may be. And like that landed in, in such a powerful way of like, okay, how do I, who do I need to become to my word be golden for myself? Because I am as worthy of that as my son is of that from me. So yeah, that was, woo, that was like, oh, let me just work that out. <laughs> So well said. And just your level of vulnerability and self-awareness, like those are the moments. It's like when we we all of a sudden pull back the curtain and we see the next opportunity for our own expansion. It's in those micro adjustments of realizing like, wait, this actually is a core value of mine. And I do this for my son, but now I'm starting to see these places where I haven't fully shown up as that for myself. And now all there is to do is, is go back to that. I feel like I got so much from hearing you share that too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it just, there were so many things that landed for me in your journey, Lindsay. And I just, I cannot tell you how much gratitude I have for this beautiful conversation and for you sharing so many vulnerable moments, you know, so many big moments. I wouldn't call it the messy of it, but like the things around it that you had to step into, like the, the, the stories you had to release or the limiting beliefs that you had to release and the way that you showed up every time, even when it was super uncomfortable. That's the reality of it all. And, you know, I could, I know so many of us can see ourselves in you in that process. And then you you walk out of this, hopefully everyone's walking out of this conversation and thinking to themselves, like, I, I can embody who I want to become. I can step into, I, I can take that next step into who, you know, who I know I'm meant for, who I, who I know I, I'm designed to be. And I think that's what life is all about is stepping into who we really think we are meant to be and stepping into our growth. Yeah. Oh, that's so well said. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here, to have this conversation with you. And 
really, I just hope everyone hears exactly what they needed to hear from it. And and whatever kind of hit your heart, that was for you. That part was for you. And there's something there for you to explore and get curious about. And that's the journey that all of us are on. Well, I'll have I'll have the book and Instagram and the podcast and the event as well. I, I'm assuming people can start signing up for it, or at least there's a wait list for it. As is there a wait list for it? So I I love logistics. Yes, I love you for it. I oh please, I'm like I'm I'm a Capricorn, but very detail oriented. So let's yes, please like all the details, depending on when people will hear this episode about a month from now, the tickets will open. So mid March timeframe. And, um, up until then, if you just go to powerhousewomenevent.com, it'll direct you either to the wait list, or if tickets are available, it'll sh- show you, um, your options for that. But yeah, I would love, love to see you. Oh my gosh. I am. Let me tell you, I am going to move mountains to make it happen. I'm going to be there. There's no reason why I will not be there. So I'm making a commitment. I have another event for one that's the same time as your upcoming event coming up, but I really, yeah, but I want to, I can't wait to be at the, I want to see it. And I'm girl, I'm going to get all my outfits ready. I know. I'm like, if nothing else, I just think it, I tell people, you know, it, it looks really fun on social media, all the videos and, you know, the dancing and the just self-expression. And, and that is a huge part of it. But there's an energy in, in the room that actually can't be put into words. But I promise you, you will you will leave believing in yourself more deeply than you did when you walked in. And that in itself is transformational. So I can't wait. I'll be there. Yeah, well, I can't. You know, one of the reasons why I want to go is I just want to see you in your magic, you know, I want to, I want to just be there cheering you on. And obviously I know I'm going to get so much from it, but just getting to see you do you is why I want a ticket. You're so sweet. Well, I can't wait to see you there. I'll be there. All right, honey. Thank you so much for coming on again. Oh, mm. And um, I'm inviting everyone, you know, I, this will go out around the same time the tickets will be released. Go to the website, get on the wait list, get the ticket, show up for yourself. That's really what it's all about. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for this beautiful conversation. One thing's for sure. I 100% agree with Lindsay. You are worthy of everything that you want and so much more. And I hope you can feel that in every fiber of your being. Now, if you are ready to show up for your desires, for your gifts, and really share your gifts in a bigger way, I recommend checking out Lindsay's annual Powerhouse Woman event. I plan on being there. I would love to see you there. I will have the link in the show notes so that you can be added to the waitlist. And definitely, please go and check her out on Instagram. One, not only for her energy, but also her style. Like she is unapologetically herself. You got to hear that transformation on the interview today and to get to see it play out in real life is just truly incredible. And then also check out her amazing podcast, Powerhouse Women. You can get it on anywhere podcasts are available. And if you loved this episode, if this episode kind of stirred a little something up in you, please be sure to subscribe to the show and let someone know about it and take a moment and rate the show. This is how we get more women tapping into their potential, tapping into their power, understanding their bodies, and really owning the life that they want. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.